This is the Public Record Podcast. I'm Managing Editor Ken Allen. Our topic today is dropping out of high school. So if you're a parent with school-aged children, a K-12 student, especially one who's considering dropping out and maybe looking for alternatives to dropping out of high school, an adult who has already dropped out and wants to know how to complete your high school diploma and continue with a college education, and everyone else who works with child welfare and education, I think you're going to find this episode to be an invaluable resource. My guests today are Dr. Marcus Wood from Desert Sands Unified and Philip Solace from College of the Desert. I started by asking Dr. Wood, what happens if a student is falling behind in school? Are there some remedial things they can do to get caught up before just dropping out? So in the high school level, if they start to fall behind uh, and they're, we're still going to stay at that same comprehensive high school, uh, there's summer school options where they can pick up uh, additional coursework. Some of the courses that they had failed, they can repeat. It's like an online course. It's, t- it's taken at the school. It's in a classroom with the teacher. Um, but they can kind of accelerate through that a little bit. A lot of times if a kid fails a class, they, they, they got something out of it, right? They, for the most part, they didn't walk away with nothing unless they hadn't attended the entire time. And so when they repeat that course, a lot of times they can move through it uh, a little bit quicker. We also uh, have in our district uh, tutoring. It's called FEV tutoring. Uh, it's a, uh, a virtual tutor, and we've had it about five years, but during the, during the course of the pandemic, the pandemic, we expanded that, and so we have uh, 24-7 um, on-demand tutoring where kids can uh, call up through their computer. Uh, they do usually a, a chat uh, with somebody that's on the other end, and there's a, a shared screen capability, and, and basically the work that they're, they're doing, uh, there's somebody there to help them, so whether it's it's math. It could be, uh, I mean, it could be your AP calculus class. It could be your CP world um, history class. And then two schools, uh, some of our, a couple of our high schools have what they refer to as office hours, and that's a, an additional period of time that's built uh, within the day, uh, three days a week, where students uh, have the ability to get that extra support and that extra help uh, from that teacher, and it's real flexible. So. One day they might work with their world history teacher, and the next day they could work with their their English teacher uh, to help them, you know, with with whatever wherever they're at within that course to to kind of give them that bump um, so that they can be successful. What about families where the child needs to go to work to help support the family? Are there options for a child to continue their education and still? Uh, you know, have a part-time job on the side? Yeah, absolutely. So once a kid turns 16, they can get a work permit, and, and, our, and the schools sign off on that. So the education code requires students to, that they have to be in at least five classes. And schools will allow it as long as, like, hey, yeah, you're, you're on par for graduation, you're on par for me being A through G, which is those minimum qualifications for the colleges, UC and CSU. And they could have that period off and, you know, they go out, they, you know, find a job at Del Taco. And in addition, we also have work experience. We see work experience, uh, something that's a little more popular at our alternative schools, but it happens at our traditional schools where a student has a job and it actually counts as credits at the high school. They work specifically with someone who 
kind of keeps tabs on them, checks in on them with their employer to, to ensure that they're, that they're being successful, they're showing up on time. Um, and then they, there's, a, there's, there's a curriculum that, that coincides with that in terms of um, some of those soft skills and, and supports for kids. And so we do have uh, students that participate in that. And then two, we have our career technical education programs. And uh, in those, the, the capstone at the end of the, the usually it's a three-year, we have some that are four-year, but uh, most of them are a three-year sequence. Uh, they participate in a capstone, which includes an internship uh, oh. with um, somewhere in the community. Now, while they're, earn, they're still getting credits during that time, so let's say it's their six-period class, and it's the Health Academy here at La Quinta High School, and they're working over at Eisenhower. Um, during that period, they wouldn't get paid. They would be getting their internship time. However, we have several cases where when the school day ends, that organization says, hey, we'd like for you to stay an hour or two, are you willing to, and they can get paid for that. Um, outside of like staying within your traditional school, sometimes we'll have kids uh, that will go to our independent school. So we have Horizon Virtual Academy, and it's an independent study program, and there's a lot of flexibility there. Now, there are times that they do meet with the teachers, they have some virtual labs that they participate in, but there's a lot, they're, they're really doing a, most of their coursework independently, and they can be doing that at, at any point in time of the day, and so they can have a work schedule um, that coincides with, uh, with their ability to be flexible with the schooling part. So just to be clear, was there a model in there where they can earn high school credit work and also be paid? So work experience, yes. If they're doing work experience, uh, which is a, a, a not internship. So work experience is a course uh, that's um, part of our board policy and is allowable, and they can earn up to, uh, I think, t total of 20 credits through work experience. Mm -hmm. um, but, yeah, they can be signed up for that and be, you know, being paid because they have to have a job uh, to, to have that work experience. So that's, that's that, yeah, that's probably your best option because you're getting, you're getting some high school elective credit for it, and you're, you're able to, to earn a salary. Let's move on to looking at uh, graduating from high school early, which is okay. the CHSPE, is that correct? California High School Proficiency Exam is an exam that students can take when they complete the 10th grade. Uh, they, they need to be uh, pretty much at that age of 16, but if it's close and they've completed their uh, sophomore year, they're, um, they're eligible for this. The exam is math and ELA, and it's offered about three times a year. Now, it's, it really is for a kid, and, I'll, and just to give you some data, we're, we're a high, our, our district, we graduate about 2,000 kids a year, and we average maybe one student a year that, that takes this option. So it's not something that's used very often, but it's usually a kid that's, that's kind of motivated, that just like, I'm done, I, I wanna move on, uh, we tell them uh, that if they're going to go this route and get this, this equivalency test, that if they're planning on going on to the four-year college, that they really need to connect with those colleges to ensure that they're eligible to go. Uh, because most of them, because of the A through G requirements, they wouldn't have enough of the coursework to be eligible. Mm -hmm. But what they could do is they could do that, and then they could go stri straight into uh, like College of the Desert. They could do a community college. Route. And some of them do, some of them go strictly into a trade. Um, and so a, a big part of the, um, what we call the chess is 
just kind of knowing like what are your next steps and will this suffice uh, for for what you want to do. Now, do they take the proficiency exam through you, and is there some special cost involved? So there is there is a cost, and it's not it's not cheap. It's about two hundred thirty dollars. Uh, on our website, we have information about how kids can um, get on there and and register for the test, and then there's certain testing locations. Um, that are offered, and I, I, the last one I recall, they had to go out to uh, out to Riverside. Now, realistically, if you are you know 16 and want to do this test, it's probably too late if you decide at that moment. If you haven't done a lot of accelerated learning, if a child thinks he would like to graduate from high school early, what's a more realistic time frame for them to start preparing for this? Like the seventh or eighth grade? And most of our kids that want that know that they want to graduate early, it's the start of their sophomore year. Um, in mm. my experience, that's when kids come forward and they're like. I'd like to motor through this. I'd like to get through this. And so at that point, you know, a person definitely can. I mean, you've got to earn your 220 credits. That's our minimum credit requirement. And, of course, take the certain number of courses. If I'm an ambitious 12-year-old and not yet, you know, anywhere near high school, can I start taking some of these things online and start knocking them down, getting those credits? So we have some. 12 is a little young. I want to say we do have some 8th graders that have been pretty ambitious and have, have, have wanted during the from the summer of finishing their eighth grade year before they go into high school that uh, and and typically they, they've always in my prior position I was the senior director for secondary those would always come to me to sign off and really what the college asks is hey you have a the student who's you know not even in high school yet they're interested in this course uh, you know, would you sign off of them off on them because they, they're starting to build their high school, their college transcript, right? Which is which is a serious thing, and and we don't want kids to get into something and all of a sudden do poorly on that. Mm. It's something that they you know did at a young age. So what I did is I would look through and look at their grades, you know, and I would look at uh, state um, assessment data, and then we have uh, a diagnostic we do district wide called iReady now. Look at that data. And, and I always connect with that, uh, the uh, prior middle school, and just say, hey, this kid's interested. You know, it looks on paper. This kid looks great. I've yet to have one we didn't say yes to because they're, they're pretty motivated kids that have been real successful and done well. And those kids are kind of exciting because, I mean, our, as, a, as a vision for our district, we really, because we provide a lot of college courses um, in the day at our schools, and we're growing that. Um, but our hope is, is that kids will have options like literally could graduate with a diploma in one hand and an and a AA in the other. And we've had a couple of kids that actually do that. They've mm-hmm. you know, taken a lot of stuff on their own as well, but we've worked with them within that schedule to, to make that happen. My next guest is Philip Salas, a foster youth services counselor at College of the Desert. And I think you have some other part of your title as well. Yes, thank you very much for having me. I'm, I'm excited to be here and, and share uh, information about the college. I'm also an adult basic education counselor at COD. If you've already dropped out, let's say maybe you're 22, does College of the Desert have any way for you to get back in and get an equivalent uh, diploma and then proceed onto a, some sort of a college program? Absolutely. So I am the counselor for adult basic education, and that's exactly of the people we service. It's any student or any person that does not have their high school diploma or did not complete their high school diploma, 
So we have two basic programs. We have the high school completion program and the GED program. So some people sometimes think you need both. You don't. You just need one or the other. Once you, you know, you can either go with your high school diploma, which if you attended high school at some point and you dropped out, you could bring in your high school transcripts. We have evaluators. They're, they're great evaluators that will evaluate your transcripts. They'll take a look at what you've completed and what you need. And whatever is left over that you need, you would just need to take those classes to complete your high school diploma. If you prefer the GED, we can get you in a program where you'll be practicing the four parts of the test. You'll take one test at a time. And once you complete all four tests, you'll get your GED. And that'll open up the doorways for employment. But also, you know, the ideal situation is once you have the high school diploma, you finish, then you continue on with getting a, a diploma or a degree or a certificate at COD. Now, is there some kind of cost involved in this, remembering that high school is free? So it's a, it's a basic uh, services fee of $21. So we have our, you know, our two big semesters are fall and spring, and then we have summer school. So if you're doing the GED or high school completion program, the only cost is going to be $21 for the fall or spring semester or $18 for the summer. The reason the summer is, in, uh, is a little less expensive is because it's not a full semester. Are these in classroom or are they online? So right now everything is what we call um, asynchronous. And what that means, it's online, but it's not in a Zoom classroom. So there is no... The only part that is Zoom where you would have to be online in a virtual classroom is the math. And that's obviously because, you know, myself included, math is, is one of the more challenging subjects. So with that, we have an instructor and TAs in the, in the virtual classroom where they could take a student and the TA will take them off into a breakout room where they could work with the student one-on-one. -on -one. But everything right now is done all online. There's no in-person classes. And what's the end product there? They get a GED? So if they do the high school completion program, it is a high school diploma. Really? It's accredited high school. Yeah, it's accredited high school diploma from COD. Now, while you're taking this high school diploma qualification program, are you able to take college-level courses toward a college degree concurrently? Yes, that, that is an option. You actually do not need a high school diploma or GED to take college courses at COD. I had a woman that got her bachelor's degree, uh, I believe it's psychology from Cal State San Bernardino, but she had not completed her high school diploma. The only issue you're gonna run into is financial aid. There's two types of financial aid at COD. For the Pell Grant and the Cal Grants, that's the extra money that comes into your pocket to help with books, other expenses like school supplies, things like that. You cannot get that without a high school diploma or GED. And there's the promissory grant. The promissory grant was once known as the BOG waiver. The promissory grant helps students pay for their tuition. So any tuition cost, the promissory grant would cover that. Now, a student does not need a high school diploma or a GED to be able to attain the promissory grant. For students who have not dropped out of high school, what's the process for taking college courses concurrently with your high school program? There are dual enrollment program or our high school concurrent enrollment program. Dual enrollment program is where there are actually classes that are offered at their high school. So, for example, if we have a student attending Coachella Valley High School, uh, we have classes that the student can take at that high school that will count not only for their high school credit, but it will also count for college credit. So they would take that in a traditional classroom at their high school, 
And then we also have the concurrent enrollment program where a student who is a freshman can take uh, college courses while they're in high school. Most of those classes are done online. You know, there is a form they have to fill out and they do need permission from their parents, their high school counselor, and their high school principal. And how young can they start that? Can they start that in their freshman year of high school? Yeah, they can. I actually, I have a student right now that's a, a, is a senior that is pretty close to having their associate's degree complete while they're still in high school. So since freshman year, they've been taking both due enrollment and concurrent enrollment classes while going to high school. And this person is a psychology major, and they're pretty close to being done with an associate's degree before they even get their high school diploma. That's terrific. You anticipated my next question is how much could you do while still in high school? And you're saying you could get almost a two-year degree out of it. That's very impressive. Are they not able to get financial aid, though, when they're in high school? Is that the downside? So if they're doing a dual enrollment program, there is no cost. Uh, it's, It's actually free to take classes if you're still in high school and doing the uh, dual enrollment, because the dual enrollment is that that program, that class is already available at their high school. So the books are already provided to the student at the high school. So they don't even need to provide, they don't even need to buy the books. If they're doing concurrent enrollment where the class is available at COD or online, then there is no cost for the class, but they do have to, they are responsible for uh, getting the books. Now, we do have um, a number of books. A lot of our books are available uh, through the library as far as electronically. They could check out the book and use it for the semester and then return it. It's a PDF file. So even if the student is taking uh, concurrent enrollment classes and um, they're not able to afford the book, most of the times the library will be able to, will have the book Uh, available for them to check out so they could use it. So college continues to be an expensive proposition. How does the cost of going to COD for the first two years uh, compare to going to, say, even a state university? And let me say, while you're thinking of your answer, that a lot of young people drop out of school because they run out of money or they get too busy in their lives, um, speaking of a four-year degree now, before they finish that degree. So they spent a lot of money and have no degree to show for it. And one advantage of going to College of the Desert is you could end up with an associate's degree. And if you can you know, go on and complete a bachelor's, that's great. But at least you end up with some kind of degree for getting halfway through the program. But there's also financial advantages to getting that first two years uh, at College of the Desert. Why don't you uh, tell us a little bit about that? Sure, yeah. So, yeah, absolutely. There's a huge advantage of attending uh, COD. Um, I myself am one of those people that has a a huge amount of loans to pay back because I didn't entirely understand exactly what I was getting myself into. So it's very important that we stress to students the difference between grants and loans and, and tuition and how much it's going to cost when you go to school. Because when you attend a UC or a Cal State or a private, you're looking at tuition, you're looking at book costs, you're looking at room and board, you're looking at, you know, food. There's a lot of costs that go into that that not everyone takes into account. Philip Salas, Foster Youth Services Counselor for College of the Desert. How can they get in touch with you, and what is the cost involved in meeting with you? <laughs> There's no cost of meeting with me. Uh, you know, if you, you ever want to contact me, and if you have any questions, please, uh, to come in. We have an ESLN program for students that, you know, uh, that Spanish is their first language. 
We have adult basic education program for students that need their high school diploma GED. We have uh, the Dreamer Resource Center for our undocumented students. We have our foster youth center for students that have ever been in foster care. Um, we invite anybody to please come to the campus. There is no cost to meet with us. The best place to reach me at honestly is through my email because I do work in different locations. T S A L A S at College of the Desert.edu. So that's P Salas at College of the Desert.edu. The number to our foster youth services program is 760-776-7498. Is it too early to come and talk to you when your child is still in middle school? You know, for me, it's, I don't believe it's ever too early. I mean, it, there should never be any barriers when it comes to education. There should never be hurdles. Anybody who wants an education in the community should be able to attain that education at any time. I'd like to thank today's guests, Dr. Marcus Wood from Desert Sands Unified and Philip Solace from College of the Desert. I hope you'll share a link to this podcast with your friends and subscribe through your favorite podcasting host service. The Public Record Podcast is a public service of The Public Record, the Coachella Valley's Business News Weekly. I'm Managing Editor Ken Allen reminding you to make someone's day with something nice to say.